This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the All Players Report edition of Sharing Socks on uh, Southside Socks. I'm Duda Geezer Lee Allen wearing... I'm going to say a Brayu shirt. They also can't hear you. Uh, they also can't hear you when you turn oh. around. Okay. <laughs> I'm wearing a Jose Abreu shirt uh, that Jose Abreu is not wearing because he is on COVID wait time after testing positive. Uh, they say he should be back before too long and has been asymptomatic. We hope we do not have a repeat. But the fella in the picture behind my cohort and son and West Coast correspondent, Will, uh, who is uh, those of you on the uh, video of uh, audio cannot see Yohan uh, Mankata in uh, quite an interesting tropical gear, probably a 1983 White Sox uniform that uh, didn't last <laughs> for, uh, as part of his uh, new hit single, not a single hit baseball style, but uh, of the musical variety. What's the name of it? Um, uh, the name of the song. Hold on just one second. Obviously, uh, the song is in Spanish. And I will also say, it's really not that bad. It's really pretty good. Um, Of all the, you know, I I was talking to a buddy who said he kind of expected like Super Bowl shuffle quality. Uh, It is called Desastre Personal. Okay. Which I would think. Is a personal disaster. Personal disaster, <laughs> or disaster person, or person of disaster, uh, which does describe his COVID-ridden 2020 season. So that is actually pretty pretty astute. But he's not bad. He's not bad. That's the craziest thing about this song and this music video. The music video is pretty bad. He's his acting chops aren't there yet. In fact, we should hook up Yon. We could do some some lessons over Zoom, so it's safe. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's actually not too bad. So check it out. He did announce yesterday uh, that it's going to be his walk up song, and I don't think there's a more baller move than uh, writing your own walk up song. Uh, 
but it does mean that you have to be really good. You have to be really good. If you are going, if you're, if you're walking up to a song song called title personal (laughs) disaster, that's what I was saying. That's like, you know, if you're writing a play and you name it bad ending, you're kind of just setting up the critics uh, to, to crap all over you. So let's hope that he's not a uh, personal disaster uh this year and i don't think he will be now i should by now be uh, fully recovered from the the covid that dragged him down last year um a brain are... also is a uh, is reporting no symptoms whatsoever so that's good um yeah. i actually think he'll be back pretty soon uh that's their expectation that he'll he'll be around shortly uh, so now it's it's really full spring training now. Every everybody's there and and getting down to it. Um, neither one of us has ever been to a White Sox spring training. Actually, you've probably never been to any. No. The only one I went to was, gosh, over fifty years ago, nineteen sixty-eight, I think. Uh, I was on a I was in the Navy, home ported in Fort Lauderdale. And at the time, the Yankees' spring training site was Fort Lauderdale's before they moved over to Tampa. And boy, those days, spring training, you just went wherever you wanted. You wander in, you park your car, you just go, you want to see the game? Here, sit in the stands. I mean, I don't think we paid for anything but a hot dog. The players were right there. Um, Most of the most famous Yankees were gone by 68. It wasn't a great team. Mickey Mantle was still there. Wow. Uh, you could walk up to Mickey Mantle and if you wanted. I mean, I was as anti-Yankee in 1968 as I am now. We just went and wanted to see some baseball. Uh, so I didn't do any of that. Rocky Calavito, who had been a star for the Indians when I was lived in Cleveland when I was an Indians fan, was with the could Yankees. You, uh, could you pull a, a Kramer and punch Mickey Mantle? I did not. <laughs> oh, okay, good. It didn't work out for him either. Uh, Mel Stottlemyre was the main pitcher. Stan Bonson, who later pitched very well for the Sox effect in 1972, was probably second to Dick Allen and the reason that they improved so much from the, the previous few years. But it was an interesting thing. I looked at the stats for the 1968 Yankees. I'm trying to remember who was there. That season, Stottlemyre had 36 starts. All right, that's sort of normal, a little heavy. And yeah. Probably in the days, but that was a four-man rotation day. Sure. Uh, 19 complete games. 278 <laughs> innings pitched. And out of 36 games, he was 21 and 12. 33 decisions in 36 games. Wow. He wasn't long. Bonson had uh, 10 complete games and 34 starts, uh, 17 and 12. So 29 decisions in 34 games. Do you think, do you think we will have 19 complete games in Major League Baseball this year? Oh boy, that's a good one to take the under, isn't it? I I think it is, which I actually don't know the numbers from, let's say, 2019, because last year's a wash. But uh, I'm actually very curious to find out how many total, um, which is something we can look at and report on next week. But I would probably take the under. You know, Roy Howard is no longer with us in, in, you know, the most serious way, but who's no longer pitching, of course. He's gone, and he was, like, kind of the only guy who liked throwing him for the, the last few years there. So uh, I I kind of would be surprised. Yeah, I guess if, if you had a no-hitter going, you, you keep going unless – And nowadays, you have to have a no-hitter going and be only at 
70 pitches in the seventh for the eighth, <laughs> you know, like they'll, they'll pull you with the no hitter a lot of times if, if you're in the seventh and you've thrown a hundred pitches. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Meanwhile, again, we have really nothing to report. If everybody's thrilled, they all love Tony Russo. Tony Russo loves all of them. Everybody loves each other. It's incredible. They're helping each other. Um, the writers, what, what you get in coverage in spring training, other than the fact everybody's happy because it's spring and it's warm in Arizona and they're loving it yeah. up um, and hope springs eternal. I, I looked at the Pirates and they were not claiming World Series or bust. I thought maybe every team is with the Pirates. <laughs> um, but you get interesting coverage because you get the total sycophants, sycophants from MLB.com, like this Scott Merkin character. Sure. They know who signs their paycheck, and so they suck up on everything they do. Yeah. But all the guys who cover them, whether it be for the newspapers or TV stations, the media in general, they right now are writing nothing but gush pieces because they're not going to burn a source before the regular season starts. <laughs> they're going to keep everybody really, really happy. And the third category of coverage is sites like ours, and we're not beholden to anybody. We never have any uh, sources to lose anyway, but we're all fans. <laughs> so, right. so we're all gushing too. So everybody's happy. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, and I guess it can stay that way for a I while. I will say in, 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 uh, on the topic of gushing, I just watched a clip of Adam Eaton uh, talking about Tim Anderson and, uh, just how extraordinary he is as a player now and how he's changed from 2016 when they played together and Tim was a rookie. Well, that's for sure um, true. And it was it was very cool to see Adam Eaton, who is, you know, a bit of a curmudgeon at times, uh, see him really, really ecstatic about uh, his sort of loudest and proudest teammate. And talking about him not only getting infinitely better as a, a hitter and a fielder, but also just opening up and becoming himself and being able to show himself as a person. Uh, and, you know, where you're kind of worried about, like, is, is Adam Eaton going to be, like, in the La Russa camp because they're both kind of jerks? Um, but it sounds like Adam Eaton is definitely going to be uh, lining up with the players if there is any sort of issue. Uh, and it was just great to hear to hear Eaton really, really supporting Tim like that right out of the gate. Uh, it's really exciting. And again, I'm, I mean, I'm gushing. It, 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 it <laughs> well, allows us to gush. We, we, we gush until, uh, until we lose a game sometime in April. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, what the, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> um, I looked up some White Sox stats from spring training. I didn't do last year because that was just kind of bizarre. Oh, we have one game. Goodbye. Uh, kind of thing. But from 2019. And boy, they really hit in spring training in 2019. Some of it was a sign of what was going to come. Um, Jose Abreu hit 323 with a 929 ops. And in the season, it was 284 and uh, ended up 830, something like that. So I mean, it was, he was in line. Tim Anderson hit 322. Yeah, that was, was 
that kind of felt like our first sign that he was coming out as a different hitter. Yeah, because he did 270 or so the year before. and then Yeah, not bad or anything. 335, was it? 2018. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Moncada, uh, Yuan in the spring, 358 with an ops of 1.11. Wow. Uh, Eaton, who was not, of course, with the White Sox, 325 and a 1.128. Grandal, 300, an ops over one. Uh, Leury was the top hitter of all. So Right, not, I remember not that. Case, he hit 431 with, with an opposite right. one point, over 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, I mean, they really creamed the ball in the spring. Aloy only hit 243, but he had a 723 ops, and really that was just a little, and he was a rookie, so he's just working his way in. Yeah. Uh, our favorite, uh, Mr. Sanchez, uh, 225. And of course, that's about Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> but the one that was totally out of line, uh, Engel. Engel hit 231. He hit 242 for the season, so not, not far off. Yeah. The one out of line, Zach Collins in the spring hit 235, which is about I don't know, 150 points over what he's hit in the regular season. I think since. it's a little closer to 234 points higher than what he <laughs> hits in the regular season. And an 847 up, so he was slugging too. He was hitting, hitting the ball hard. So the, the offense was really, really in gear and kind of, I mean, there was a good offense in 2019. It wasn't yeah. last year, but it was good. It was solid. Uh, the pitching, very interesting. Giolito, of course, coming off of 2018, which was horrendous, yeah. gave no show in the spring <clears throat> that he was going to be even better. He had an 884 ERA. <laughs> and pitching, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think tells much less in spring than hitting does because the pitchers may be, they may go out there and throw nothing but change-ups. I remember uh, Jake Peavy did that one game, you know, three or four innings, nothing but change-ups. Yeah. Uh, or they, but they're working on a new pitch that, that they haven't had before, or particularly trying to throw high and inside, which they, that kind of thing. They're, they're trying to specialize things. Uh, so it doesn't tell much, but uh, Gilito, that pitch in 18 innings that spring gave up 27 hits. I'm not sure he gave up 27 hits the following season. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that is true about the pitching though. It's, it's, you know, the, the hitters aren't, you get a little bit of, uh, okay, I'm going to try to hit the ball to right field this time, but you yeah, I'm gonna try to take a slider the other way. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have a ton of that. I mean, the, the hitters are going up there to hit the pitchers very often are just working on one small thing during a spring training outing, especially, I mean, especially until the last couple starts. Absolutely. Where, yeah. I mean, late March. Early on, they might just get shelled, and it is no sign of – I mean, what you're seeing is they're getting shelled, and they're going to get shelled next time. And if they get shelled with that same pitch the third time, we're not going to see it in the regular <laughs> We're not going to use that one. And if it gets a little better, I'm, I bet we'll see a lot of that from Dylan Cease this time out. We'll see a lot of – because Cease is working on a lot of new things, um, from what I can tell, working with Ethan Katz. and uh, Rodon and Lopez as well. Rodon and Lopez too. I think we're going to see a lot of experimenting in spring training. It's Thank goodness we're not losing spring training this year, uh, just because those guys really need spring training. And it's going to give them, you know, a, a huge opportunity to improve. And I actually – 
expect all three of them to improve uh, if they get a, a good chunk of spring training time. And it looks like spring training will happen uh, as scheduled. Yeah. Uh, just to go through some of those other numbers, the next worst pitcher, or the were even even worst pitcher, uh, was Aaron Bummer. He had a 12 ERA in spring training. Well, and about a 1.2 for the season. To be fair, though, he, he only threw EFIS pitches. <laughs> he was he was working on his EFIS. That's one of my favorites. Uh, one of the best relievers stat wise in the spring was Kelvin Herrera. Great. How'd that go? (laughs) Which doesn't tell us a a whole lot there. Carson Fulmer had an eight, which is about his career level. Yeah, that's Uh, actually, that's actually spot on. uh, Ronaldo Lopez, 5.74. That's about about right. right. Yeah. But the best of the starting pitchers, clearly the best of the starting pitchers, and I don't know why he didn't have opening day instead of Giolito, was Dylan Covey. Oh, really? Yes, a 2.45 spring ERA. Uh, Yes, I remember being very excited about that. (laughs) And then I remember being very disappointed. (laughs) I think in comment lines all season long, that season and into next season, whether on our site or on on similar sites, the comment lines on the game coverage would be like, like, well, at least he wasn't as bad as Dylan Kobe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Poor Dylan. And then we just up and went and replaced him with a Cy Young candidate also named Dylan. What What do you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, Han is he's cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. All right. Uh, yes. Let's take our break here and uh, come back and chat some more. Okay. All right. We're, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we, we come back, we'll dive right back in uh talk a little more spring training and maybe some other stuff who knows we maybe we'll be trying out a new pitch uh and it'll it'll go horribly and and you won't see it during our regular season podcast uh we'll be right back hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back to uh, Sharing Socks. I am not the duty geezer. He's on the other side. You could tell he was a geezer when he uh, tried to speak earlier in the show with his back to the microphone. <laughs> uh, he really proved himself as the the geezer of the site, and um, every site needs one, so it's perfect. Um, what else you got? Um, you know, we're only it's, spring training really comes fast. Uh, the first game 
that the Sox are playing will be Sunday against right. the Angels, who, who they haven't opened the season against as well uh, come the 1st of April. Um, I get the coverage on that one. So I, I don't know if you'll get be able to see it uh, out in Los Angeles or not, but uh, it's on, right. actually going to be on TV here. So I'll get to watch some of that. I presume we will see like 40 players a team, and most yeah. of them are, are headed for single A ball uh, before two weeks are out. But uh, it'll be short appearances by a lot of folks. Uh, it'll be interesting, I think, to see what, uh, first of all, we, we were talking before about the pitchers working on, on this or that, uh, working on their form, working on particular pitch. There's going to be a lot of that. Of course, early on, the pitchers are only going to go one inning, even the, the starters, and then basically build themselves up over the course of the month. Though they don't have much time to do that. I think it'll be interesting with the hitters on one thing, too. For all the hatred against Tony Larusa, including my own, uh, one of the things that he was very good at and made his teams very good at was plate discipline. And that is the category where the Sox really hurt. I mean, they, they have tremendous offense, but how much better would it be if you weren't the worst in baseball year before last? And last year in the short season, the second worst to the Tigers in your strikeout to walk ratio. They don't take walks. Well, we had, to, strike out. we had to have been at the top of the league. Uh, and by the top, I mean the bottom uh, in, in 2018 as well. I mean, we haven't been taking walks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we had ratios like four and a half to one yeah, when, the, yeah. when the league was at two and three quarters. I think League the last about- walk I can picture is AJ Pierzynski. So I think it's been a while since we've been taking walks. Um, yeah, that well, is that's year, be a huge thing. Yeah. 179 walks, 570 strikeouts. That's about a 3.2 to one average. The league average is 2.56. Wow. Say Detroit was the only one worse and you don't want to be like Detroit. Um, so that's, that's a big thing. If he can actually get those guys somehow to be, more discipline, get figure out where the strike zone is and maybe whether a slider is coming because that's been one of the major weaknesses on that plate discipline. Yeah, and especially if you can get a, a little bit more discipline coming out of, um, you know, Tim has gotten way better, but even... Oh, much better. But, but he's still got room to improve. Luis Robert, when you're talking about the slider, I think that's going to be a, a crucial person to to get him a little more plate discipline and a little more, a uh, little more on point and guessing what pitch is coming. Um, a Brayu too, sometimes, you know, sometimes he'll, he'll go down and dig one up out of the dirt and knock it out of the park. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the discipline changes under La Russa. Cause you're right. That is a big part of, of his game and his success. And if these white Sox go to the plate and, and are, you know, patient and, and, looking for their pitch you're talking about a really serious offensive production yeah the only the only guy really with excellent plate discipline uh, to start with and i think he had half the walks that the team had in the playoffs last year is yasmati grandal yeah he's excellent and that's fairly typical of catchers if they're not named collins uh right well who and- actually does actually in fairness the one thing Zach can, well, I can hit the ball a very long way every couple hundred times. He will take a walk. 
Although does, I don't know. He it. does walk. Yeah, he does. But more so than some of the other guys. But that being said, you have to come up to the plate to walk. And I would just love if that didn't happen. <laughs> well, and also, if you strike out a lot, you should walk a lot. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't interfered with the pitcher's ability to walk you by hitting the ball in fair territory. Right. That That does not... Is not how it happens with the White Sox. You know, another team that's very big on strikeouts was and did very well was Tampa Bay, but they were a bizarre team offensively and not a good team offensively. No. Um, just despite being, you know, excellent defense and excellent pitching is what got them where it got them. Um, uh, so we'll see. I, I would really like to see that. I don't know how much in spring training guys are going to be willing to take a walk because they want to swing and get their swing down and whatnot. That'd be nice to see some of that. In, but in I mean, form. that's, that's going to be a, a coaching thing too. You know, if, if, if LaRusso saying like, Hey, let's get out, let's walk today. Let's get on base. Let's walk. Let's look at some pitches. Let's be disciplined. You know, spring training is a good time to be practicing that skill as well. Um, especially when you're going up against uh, a lot of pitchers who aren't going to find the plate in spring training who yeah, are you're facing a lot of minor leaguers a lot of minor minor leaguers a lot of very rusty uh pro starters even i mean look you're talking about giolito in 2019 having an 8.84 era in spring training um you know guys are working on stuff if you're working on stuff it's because that stuff has previously missed the plate so <laughs> it's a great time to be taking those pitches um, speaking of speaking of uh, you know uh, working on pitches and 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 stuff like that, hearing uh, hearing uh, Ethan Katz and Grandall talking about uh, Aaron Bummer uh, just after a couple days this spring has been really exciting. I don't know if you've seen that, but Katz said he's never seen anything like what Bummer is. And he said he never caught anything like it because he caught him for a while. Yeah, he was just he was just guessing where the ball was going to go. Cause he said, everything moves, every single thing moves. And I think that is a key thing that people work on in spring training as well is getting those, getting the fastballs, uh, keeping them from just being, you know, solid ropes straight to the plate and making sure everything you throw moves. At least that's, that's the, that'll be the key to cease. If, if they can't yeah. accomplish that with cease, He's done. Maybe a, a middle reliever, some some. Well, and what I've seen from the from the video, the you know ten second clips I've seen of Cease so far, he is looking a lot like Giolito in terms of delivery. Like Katz has Katz has kind of overhauled that delivery already in a lot of ways, and you're seeing, which is so funny because when I was when I was a pitcher, no one short armed. It was always don't short arm, don't short arm, don't short arm. And uh, I think we're going to see two of the starters coming out with a pretty short-armed uh, pitching motion. I, I think we'll see a very similar motion from Cease this year that we see from Giolito. And, and of course, if Dylan even makes, you know, half the progress that Giolito made after the change, you're talking about a, a very good number four starter. I don't think that despite being his biggest fan, uh, I don't know that I'm buying the uh, couple the Cy, Young. Cy Young things. <laughs> um, I think that's a, a little crazy considering Giolito hasn't won one. 
uh, and Keiko's got one. Um, I, I'm not quite sold yet on, uh, on Dylan Cease uh, winning the Cy Young, but we don't need him to. We just need him to come out and be a pretty good starter. Yeah, and maybe make it five or six innings every time he's out there. That would be nice as well. Um, I don't anticipate him being one of our 18 complete games that we're expecting from this entire season of Major League Baseball. But you never know. He's young. He's got a great pitching coach now. I'm expecting great things from Dylan, and I will accept nothing less. What we really need, and we don't need, I mean, every indication is that that uh, Ethan Katz is a, a very fine pitching coach who spent a long time coaching high school, but had three very fine major league pitchers come out of his high school. Um, we don't need him to be a total miracle man. We know need him to be semi miracle on just two out of four. I mean, if he can make a starter out of two starters out of Cease, Lopez, Rodon, and Kopech, and Kopech, there's no reason to be think that he needs to have major change. I haven't heard anybody say anything about, oh, we need to change Kopech. No, he but he, he hasn't, he hasn't competed guys. though in, in, you know, well over a year, you know, almost two at this point. So, you know, Katz is going to have work to do with Kopech. Co- well. Kopech probably isn't going to start at the start of the season anyway, or if he does, it'll be as an opener or something like that. No, nobody's going to try and get him out there throwing six innings, um, in spring at, at any time. Um, I think I think we should be probably expecting them to go for Rodon in the fifth spot at the start of the season. I saw that he has spoken out and said that when he was signing his contract, it was pretty clear that he was going to be developed as a starter and not as a reliever. So uh, I, I think we will see them working on Rodon to ch- this spring to try to get him into that fifth spot. Uh, with Cease in the four, and then eventually I think we see Kopech come in and take one of those spots. Um, I, th- I think that, I think that's that's a, a very good likelihood. The key to Rodon is if the changes that Katz is able to make, if he can get him, I understand it's lower body stuff that they're working on uh, mainly with him, uh, so that, that his, his lower body was so out of the line that his he was throwing across his body, which then rips up your shoulder and your elbow and all the things that have gone wrong with him. The key will be if Katz's changes to his motion take the strain off so he can stay healthy. Yeah. Never been able to do. Which, of course, is going to be their entire focus of spring training. I mean, their their entire focus is going to be revamping his delivery to just keep him in the game, keep him in Major League Baseball, because he's just you know, got such a line of, 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 uh, injuries historically that, you know, it, this is kind of a make or break year in a lot of ways for Rodon. And that, oh, yeah, I think, I think it's, I, I, last year, I think that that stuff at the end of the year, oh, he's terrible, oh, he's terrible. I think he just came back too soon. And, yeah. That, that uh, stuff. I mean, you can't judge him by what he did last season. You, you can barely judge anyone by what they did last season, let alone the guy who showed up at the very end coming off an injury. Um, so I, I do think like he, he's going to have a nice chance to, to focus on that delivery and really get himself in a place where it, it's not going to hurt him. And then we'll get a real shot to see him pitching in the big leagues. He's got 
big league, you know, skill. And, and he, is, oh, yeah. he is a big league athlete. He should be in the show. It's just a matter of keeping him healthy and giving him a motion where he can use his big league abilities um, without, without getting hurt. And I do hope that happens. I would love to see a, a great Carlos Rodon comeback this year. I think that would just be such a great story and would also be a crucial part of getting us World Series. It would be. Yeah. So I think that's about all we have for today. Do you have anything else? I got nothing. All right. Well, we are, uh, we're not going to see you again before the uh, start of spring training uh, games. Obviously, they're, they're training right now, but we're going to actually have some games to talk about next time. Um, so tune back in. And we're going to actually get to talk about a little competitive baseball, which I I will say I am extremely excited (laughs) that we are going to have baseball back. Quarantine with baseball, way more fun than quarantine without baseball. Um, I'm sure you agree with me. Any final thoughts? No, I agree with you. I'll I'll just go with that, yeah. Look at that. The older generation learning from the younger generation already. You heard it here first on Sharing Socks. We'll see you next time.